It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Juan Williams, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, June 22nd, 2022. I'm Eben Brown. Will Europe accept Ukraine? The continent's two major deliberative bodies debate further help and admission for the war-torn nation. For Ukraine, it's an important political step and it's an important sign of political support that Ukrainians will will get uh, energy from to keep fighting off the Russian aggression. This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Russia has been pummeling and plundering Ukraine for nearly four months now, and the European Union is mulling over further actions it can take. International legal experts are visiting the country to investigate potential war crimes. The European Union in Brussels is getting ready to grant a preliminary membership to the nation. And Europe's main humanitarian agency is being lobbied by Ukrainian officials for help for refugees and to export its grain, which is sorely needed around the world. I'm participating in the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe as I'm a member of the Ukrainian delegation to to, to this assembly. Lesia Vasilenko is a member of Ukraine's parliament. She is in Strasbourg, France, at the Council of Europe this week. Essentially, it's a a week-long session, and uh, this session is almost entirely dedicated to question questions pertaining to to Ukraine and to countering Russia's aggression and the consequences of Russian aggression. So uh, just now we are out of a discussion of a heated debate on protecting of women during armed conflict, safety and security okay. and of refugee groups, and of uh, providing uh, safety to, to the Ukrainian women and children who are fleeing the war and to the uh, 8 million displaced Ukrainians. What, what else could be on the agenda for the rest of the week? Uh, There is um, this has been a a big week with regard to Ukraine and its standing uh, with the Europeans. Uh, There is a big push for Ukraine to join the European Union. What what happens at the end of the week here? What do you hope happens? Well, actually, uh, just before I take it to the very end of the week, where the big news will happen, uh, tomorrow we will hold a discussion here, an urgent debate on the unblocking of uh, Black Black Sea. Uh, Essentially, uh, Russia's warships keep Ukrainian cargo ships trapped and Ukrainian cargo ships are loaded with with grain uh, and with other food produce, which is so very desperately needed in uh, on the African continent and the, in the Middle East and in certain Asian countries. Ukraine today feeds over 400 million people across the globe. 65% of our agricultural produce goes abroad as exports. But uh, unfortunately, we are unable to, to provide food to the hungry of this world because Russia is not letting out the grain from, from ports. So a lot of the debates tomorrow in the building of the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe will be dedicated to finding solutions as to how these ports can be unblocked and how can hunger be alleviated from the world. And of course, your big question is about uh, Thursday and Friday and the decisions 
being made uh, in, in Brussels. In Brussels, where uh, Ukraine, uh, I very much hope so, and 99% says it will do, uh, Ukraine will be granted candidate status to become uh, to to the EU. Essentially, ca- candidate status to EU membership means that Ukraine is a step closer to becoming a fully fledged member of the European Union. Uh, that is a very big advancement uh, in uh, the Ukrainian political status as well as uh, the cause uh, due to this war. Um, with uh, let's just say that that uh, that status is given, uh, what changes for Ukraine at that point? What what can further happen uh, that can be helpful uh, to Ukraine's efforts to defend itself and to seek uh, help in defending itself? Well, essentially, uh, for Ukraine, it's an important political step and it's an important sign of political support that you, Ukrainians will, will get uh, energy from to keep fighting off the Russian aggression. But at the same time, for Ukrainians, it will be uh, a step into readmittance into the European family to which we Ukrainians uh, belong historically. It also will be a sign to Russia saying that it cannot dictate to other sovereign uh, countries uh, what they can and cannot do, because uh, just a reminder, but this whole war started not 119 days ago, but the war started eight years ago, with Russia actually uh, being against Ukraine's uh, free decision to, to, to sign the association agreement with the EU and Ukraine's decision to, to uh, pursue uh, its uh, membership in, in the European Union. Uh, so essentially, this will put a full stop to, to that longstanding dispute. And essentially, uh, we in Ukraine are also hoping that uh, it, will, it will cause Russia to back off because the decision would have been made. That's it. Ukraine is already a uh, member of the EU. There's nothing to fight for. There's no other associations or unions uh, led by Russia that Ukraine will be able to join because Ukraine would have already have, have its commitments uh, signed and sealed with the EU. As a Ukrainian lawmaker, government official, uh, you are are really uh, taking part in something that is historic, even though it is among a against a, a backdrop that is tragic and scary. But how does it feel for you personally to uh, to be taking part of this? There there has to be some pride, although there I, I imagine there is some some feelings of pressing uh, uh, you know pressing engagement here to get this uh, done to the best it, it can be for your country. So. How has it been for you to take this role? You know, I'm actually so grateful for for the kind of interviews uh, that we're having now and for these questions that you're asking, because in the process and these last four months, I I didn't actually and I don't have the time to just sit and reflect. And uh, this kind of conversation makes makes me think about what I'm actually doing, Uh, because for me, like for many Ukrainians, it's just about uh, doing whatever you can to save your country and to save your people and to provide a choice for your children to live in a free and independent Ukraine. Um, reflecting on, on what it means to, to me personally, uh, of course, uh, I understand that uh, we are all paving the way right now uh, with our actions for Ukraine's future. And uh, it feels extremely uh, important to be doing what we're doing, but also it feels um, uh, you know, the, the responsibility, the weight of the responsibility really weighs heavy on the shoulders. You've been hearing Lesia Vasilenko. She is a member of Ukraine's parliament. She is currently in Strasbourg, France, at the Council of Europe, which is debating the human rights issues of Russia's 
invasion of her country. On the Fox News rundown, War on Ukraine. We'll have more with Lesia straight ahead. Earlier this week, uh, the United States Attorney General Merrick Garland visited uh, your nation uh, to um, begin assessing or, or uh, helping how to prosecute uh, war crimes or investigate war crimes. Is it um, how did that visit go? Uh, if you're aware, I know, again, you're out of your country at the moment, but uh, war crimes are a very serious thing. And there is some significant evidence that uh, Russians have committed war crimes against Ukrainians and, and on Ukrainian soil. Uh, so what is Ukraine's right, so this is, yeah? So what is Ukraine's government uh, proposed to do going forward? We know there's already been one trial, but th- it's probably not going to end with that. No, absolutely not. I mean, Russia must answer for all the war crimes, crimes against humanity that it's committing in Ukraine, also for the crime of genocide, which it is committing against the Ukrainian nation, and also for the crime of aggression. And uh, to do all that, the Ukrainian government is working closely with uh, with uh, uh, investigators, international investigators, also investigators from uh, a range of countries who are Ukraine's allies, to make sure that uh, the procedures are uh, maintained along the rules of international law and that all the criminals are brought to justice and to responsibility and that justice is served. Because at the end of the day, the only reason why Russia is today uh, waging war in Europe, why Russia is committing the crimes it's committing, raping, looting, killing, it's because Russia for too many centuries was allowed to get away with all of this criminal behavior. Russia was never punished for crimes of genocide it has committed in the past against Ukrainians. I'm talking now about the 1932-1933 man-made famine instituted by uh, Russia's authorities against the Ukrainian nation, which is called the Holodomor. Russia was never punished for any of the other atrocities it has been committing against the Ukrainian nation and and then attempt to wipe out uh, us Ukrainians from the face of the earth just because we are Ukrainian. So Russia, of course, has has felt uh, almost uh, inspired to carry on with the same kind of behavior and to carry on pursuing its imperialistic dreams. And this is exactly what it is doing now. And if we are to live in a safe world, in a world safe from Russia's aggression and from Russia being a terrorist state that it is, then we must take action. We must take action now, not just as Ukrainians, but as uh, an international community that wants to leave the legacy of a safe and sound world to the children of tomorrow and to the future generations. You, you, you're bringing up a possible genocide that Russia is committing, and, and you do bring up something historical that I'd like you to talk a bit more about, because I think the, the story of the Holodomir is, is not well known, I think, in, in the Western world. But uh, there was what is alleged to be a man-made famine in Ukraine uh, that killed a, a very high number of Ukrainians. Uh, and his historians have debated whether or not this qualifies as genocide, and certainly the Ukrainians have always insisted that it was. Uh, this is a very um, sensitive issue, I know, for Ukrainians, and, and it's sort of going to be relitigated, I think, in the, in the lens of what is happening now uh, with Russia targeting uh, mass numbers of civilians in Ukraine. Uh, so what, what should the world know about how Ukrainians feel about the Holodomir and how the world has sort of not fully accepted that explanation of it being a genocide, and now it has to sort of, you know, uh, rethink that uh, again. Well, the famine in 1932-1933 was, uh, and that was the, took away the lives of something between 4 million and 7 million Ukrainians, uh, has been deliberately uh, uh, organized 
by uh, by Soviet authorities, by Russian authorities, essentially in pursuance of Stalin's strategy uh, to to make Ukraine free of Ukrainians. Along with the whole, the more uh, other actions were deployed by uh, by Russian authorities. Essentially, uh, the deportation of Ukrainians, the taking them away from from Ukrainian land, from their homes, and moving them into remote areas of Russia. Uh, that was all part of the plan to make Ukraine just uh, another geographical part of Russia, free of Ukrainian language, free of Ukrainian culture, and free of Ukrainian people as such as an ethnicity. All of this amounts to the crime of genocide if we look at the criteria in the 1948 uh, Convention on Genocide. And uh, the nations uh, the, of the world back then um, failed to prevent this crime and this is what made this crime possible possible in in, in the years to come the same way that today's uh, nations free uh, freedom loving nations of the world failed to prevent the genocide that putin is instituting against uh, the ukrainian nation uh now uh there have been numerous reports on that uh there is also a case the icj uh the genocide case uh between ukraine and russia which is being regarded right now and right now it's about time for the world to do the right thing and to finally start acting first of all uh, uh pertaining to the uh, provisions of the convention and to start preventing the act of genocide that Russia is committing against Ukraine. And second of all is to actually punish Russia for the crime which it is committing against Ukraine. And in order for for uh, the, the punishment to really bring us to the goal, and the goal of any punishment is to make sure that no such act is ever repeated in the future, that never again really means never again and not another yet again. It's important that um, and the gener- the future generations of Russians realize that uh, the, the the behavior of the government of their leadership back historic times, be it in the 1930s or, the, or in the uh, in 2022, that it was wrong, it was a crime, and uh, that such a crime leads to certain consequences. Lesya Vasilenko, member of the Ukrainian Parliament in Strasbourg, France, today. Thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown: War on Ukraine. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.